Hey everyone, uh, my name is Cody. I am the pastor of youth and young adults here at KC, and it is great to be with you this weekend. Uh, whether you are joining us online or for this weekend in person here at KC as well. Uh, I'm not actually in the building this weekend. Um, I am out at Knuff Lake Wilderness Resort on our second annual KC campout. So I'm actually doing this live by the lake uh, this weekend. So that's going to be awesome. Um, such a great time out there with, with uh, our KC friends. And uh, I'm just excited to be here as uh, we continue our series through Psalms and, and really just discover how Jesus longs and desires to meet us in every season of our life. And what I love is that uh, we get to spend time in Psalm 19 this week. And, uh, and I love that because it's all about uh, creation, meeting God in creation. So why don't we jump right into the text and, uh, and get going here this weekend. So would you read with me Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the end, he, in the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises on one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me, then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God, as we jump into your word today, would you lead us? And would we meet you through your scripture, through your word, God? Uh, Jesus, come. We need you. In your name. Amen. All right, so today, like I said, we are jumping into Psalm 19, and I'm excited to do that. Uh, I'm just so excited to uh, really just see how uh, we get to meet God in creation and um, through His creation and know Him in His Word. And as we do that, what we're going to find is that as God reveals Himself to us, we're reminded of our need for His transforming work in our lives. And, and, and this can happen as we meet Him through creation and as we meet him through his word and in Jesus. So let's jump in, starting off with, with just some highlights out of um, the first couple verses, like meeting Jesus in uh, creation, meeting God through his creation, which I get can kind of be kind of a weird concept for us sometimes, right? Like meeting God through creation, because we look at our world, and, and as Jake Medor in his book, What Are Christians For? says, our world can often seem like a cold, indifferent machine whose chief output is misery and mayhem, right? Sometimes we see what's going on in our world, and we, we turn on the news, or we're scrolling through Twitter, or whatever it is, and, and there's just news about these disasters like fires and floods and tsunamis and earthquakes, all of these crazy things that, that have 
had and can have devastating effects on, on humanity and, and the world. And, and, and we, we go meeting God in all of that. Like, how does that work? Sometimes it can feel like God has kind of like set up everything. He's created. And then he just peaced out. He's like, see you later. Figure it out on your own. So meeting God through creation, what, how, does, how does that work? And I think the psalmist this week in this psalm uh, helps us to understand that. So I want to point out a few things in the first couple of verses. The psalmist in, in verse 1 and 2 writes that the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth His speech. Night after night they display His knowledge. You see, the psalmist is writing that creation actually declares the glory of God. Right? That creation proclaims the goodness of Him that they pour forth speech. And what I want us to, to understand, because we miss this in our, our English translations, is that in the original language, the verb used for proclaim and declare actually implied a continuous action. So, so the psalmist is actually saying that creation keeps on declaring and it keeps on proclaiming these things, these good things and the glory and beauty of God. That this, this happens day after day, night after night. That, that even though there, there may be disasters and crazy things happening and, and fires and floods, that all of creation continuously points back to the Creator. And that should fill us with, with awe as we engage with creation. It fills us with awe. Maybe some of you guys uh, saw earlier this summer, uh, NASA released um, some pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope. And look, I don't know anything about how that stuff works, but what I do know is that it's like one of NASA's most powerful telescopes. And they released these, these images of these stars and these nebulas that are thousands of light years away. And because I'm a very simple man, I had to even check out like, how, well, how far is that? Like, I don't even know how far light year is away. So I looked it up, did a little Google search, and, and I found that one light year is like trillions of miles. So that's a far, like that's a long ways away that these stars and these images of these nebulas are coming and, and they're magnificent, right? Like, I love going outside in a clear sky and just like looking at the stars and just being like, wow, God, like you've created this. This is amazing. And, and it just incites in me just this, this awe and wonder of, of the mystery of, of God. And then you have these images that are like thousands of light years away and they're magnificent. And all of that just, just points to the handiwork of God and it, and it makes us in awe and go, wow, what, what is going here? Right? That, that's what the psalmist is saying, is that creation points us to someone. Creation points us to the Creator. And look, you and I, whether you're a Christian or you're not, we, we have to answer and wrestle with the questions of the origin of the world and the universe. We, we, we can't just... Pretend like that question doesn't exist. So as we're going on hikes or walks or, or we're hanging out by the river or the lake or, or we're watching a sunset and a sunrise, as we're, as we're you know, stargazing and enjoying like a clear night sky, those, those thoughts of like, wow, where did all this come from? We all have to answer that. And I think that's, that's a great question, but we're not, we're not going to get into any of all that today. That's a, that's a whole other sermon. So we're not going to get into that today because I think what the psalmist is doing here is not trying to help us figure out how it happened, but rather the wow of it all. Going, wow, look at all of what God has created. Look at, look at how it points to his beauty and his glory and that we can actually meet God in that. John Piper, he's a pastor and a theologian in the States. He, he writes this about, about creation. 
that everything God has made ministers. Everything God has made ministers. And I just love that because what he's saying is that God desires to meet us in his, and through his creation. That he's drawing us to himself. And, and this is a God who is close and deeply interested in you and me, right? Not a guy who just set everything up and then disappeared. He's close and deeply interested in you and me because he knows that, that we can meet him. Then he wants to meet us and, and he desires to transform our lives. That we can meet him in his creation and know and be transformed by him in his word and in, his, and in Jesus. So that's what this psalm is pointing us towards. That, 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 that we, we continue on. And, and if, I'm, if I'm perfectly honest, when I was reading through this psalm and, and I got to verse 7, I like, okay, we're just going to go on the first six verses because the psalmist seems to take like this hard left turn out of like the middle of nowhere. And, and he moves from talking about like creation and the beauty and awe of, of God to now talking about like the law. <laughs> Talking about the law, like what is going on here? And so as I was wrestling with this uh, in my prep, I, I was drawn to Psalm 121, where, where the psalmist writes, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Right? The, he's reflecting on just in the beauty of creation. I lift my eyes up to the hills, and then he has this question, where does my help come from? And the answer to that question was that his help comes from the Lord, the maker of heavens and earth. You see, creation can point us to God. Creation points us to our Creator, but it cannot transform us. Creation cannot transform us. That's what happens as we connect with God through His Word and in Jesus. Through the work of, of Jesus and what He wants to do in our lives because of the work that He has done for us on, his cro- on the cross. So I, I want to take some time just to talk about what the psalmist is saying about the law of God here. And, and maybe some of you remember earlier in the, the summer, we started off uh, kind of doing a little bit deeper dive into like the law and exploring, well, what exactly is meant by, by the Torah as, as, it's, as it's referred to and, and, and translated. If you want a deeper dive into that, please go check out the, the message on Psalm 1. We spent a little bit of time there. Um, but for today's purpose... I just want to remind us that this idea of the law, of the Torah, these instructions, that, that to the, the psalmist and to the people who, originally, who they were originally given, that, that the law was not viewed as some onerous burden that they had to carry. That, that it wasn't uh, viewed as like these strict set of rules that, that they had to follow. No, to, to them, the law was a way in which they actually connected with God. These were, these were commands and instructions and, and, and guidelines that came from the very mouth of God for his people so that they would know him. They would be able to live freely and fully in the life that he desired for them to live. And there was joy in that for them. So they weren't viewed as an onerous burden. So the psalmist is saying, look, we, we can know God through his written word, through scripture. And he describes a number of things that happen as we connect with God in his word. So let's take some time to look at that. The the psalmist says, look, because his word is perfect, it's refreshing and reviving, which is to say it's completely whole, that that it lacks nothing. And because it lacks nothing, it it draws us to himself where we can be renewed, where where we, we see ourselves in light of who he is, and it brings us to repentance. 
because it, it really exposes how incapable we are of, of changing ourselves. Right? The truth of Scripture in our lives makes, can make change possible. That, that's the heart of, of the Genesis process and, and Rooted, the two ministries offered here at KC, that, that, that change can happen as the truth of Scripture is realized in our life, that the truth of God through Scripture is realized in our lives. The psalmist, he goes on to say that, that Scripture is trustworthy, that the, the law is trustworthy, and because it's trustworthy, it brings wisdom, meaning that we can find wisdom for life's most challenging days. Because Scripture connects us to who is true and who is trustworthy. Right? Look, this, this will only happen if, if we will be humble. If we will humble ourselves and earnestly seek out this guidance. Because you don't become wise by thinking you know it all. You become wise by going to the one who does. And depending on him. The, the psalmist continues and goes, look, the, the, the law and, and, and the commands and the, the precepts of God, they're, they're right. And because they're right, they bring joy. They bring joy, meaning that, that these instructions, these guidelines, they were given so uh, God's people, they, they were given so the people who would follow them could experience life and freedom and joy and hope and a purpose. Right, look, God has made it so simple. He has said, follow me, follow my ways. Like, I'm not here to lead you astray. I'm here to show you that you have life and you have freedom, you have fullness. Follow me. It's that idea of, of delighting, not fighting something that's good for us. That's what God's heart for his instructions were, that we would follow what is good for us. And finally, the, the psalmist, as he's talking about the law, he says that, that it's radiant, that it gives light to the eyes. Meaning that, that his law, his commands, that they actually make a clear way for us and, and lead us to a place of restoration. That they lead us to a place of restoration. And I get, again, I get that sometimes we, we struggle with this idea of, of, of the law because uh, we're like, it's a buzzkill, it's rules, it's all these things. Like, I, I have to stay in. It kind of like takes my freedom away. And so I get all of that, right? I, I get that. But I think what we need to do is stop thinking how we think and take our cues from the psalmist and the people who actually had these laws in the first place because they saw them as, as, a, as objects of freedom where they could fully live. Now, as I was, uh, as I was kind of checking out this passage, uh, one of the commentaries, he had this, this great illustration, and I was reading it, I was like, oh, I totally know exactly the feeling that he has with this. And so I'm going to tell a little bit from my perspective, um, but uh, same sort of idea that he has. So like eight or nine years ago, uh, I worked in sales. And, uh, and I remember that there were days of the year where you'd wake up and you'd like be getting ready to go for work, but you absolutely did not want to go for work to work. Why? Because there's certain days of the year that no one was rushing into the store to buy flooring. Like no one came, no one would come. And some of you, you know, some of you maybe have jobs like that where you're like, I'm not going to see anyone today. It's so pointless for me to be at work. But you still had to be there just in case a customer came in. So, so in a sense, you were free. You were free, but, but that whole day, all that time had like no direction, no purpose, no point to it. That's what it felt like when no one would come in. You're like, what did I even do? What was the point? You're just waiting there for time to pass by. You see, that is what life is like outside of knowing God. 
Sure, you're free to do whatever you want. World's your oyster. Do whatever you want, but to what end? What is the point? You see, real freedom, real life, real purpose comes as we know God, as we find who Jesus is, as, as he transforms and changes us. Right? All of this is pointing us towards Jesus. Creation draws us in where we can meet God. And, and, and in his scripture, we're reminded uh, of who God is and his goodness, and we can meet him there. And, and, and all of that points us to, to Jesus. Right? All of this was pointing to, to when Jesus would come himself. In, in Hebrews 1, the, the author starts off by saying, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers, through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. Right? So God's been revealing himself through, through his word and, and through creation, and all that was pointed to when Jesus would come. And look, when Jesus came, he did so many things, and one of those things he did was to remind us uh, of, of our inability to save ourselves. And I love, like, I have so many conversations with people all the time who are like, okay, look, Cody, I'm all for, like, Jesus and the New Testament, but all that Old Testament, like, stuff, not for me. Like, I just see two different, two different gods, you know, that this one's all about rules, this one, Jesus, he's all about love. Let me tell you, they're the same God, the same person. And, and in fact, if we read through uh, Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus, he tells us, look, I haven't come to get rid of any of this. I've come to fulfill it. And what I love is that if we, we read through it, you, you actually find Jesus building onto some of these instructions. He, he'll often say things, look, you've heard it said, but I say. And often his I say bit is followed by something that carries a higher level of holiness, a, a higher level of responsibility for his people. Right? He, he goes so far as to say, look, you should be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, which, newsflash, friends, it's impossible. You and I, we can't do that. We can't do that. And look, Jesus didn't do all this to, to make a more onerous burden on us. He didn't do this to heap on all kinds of stuff to make our lives miserable. No, he did it so that we would be reminded of our inability to transform and change ourselves and point us to himself. Because he did, and he could, and he will for you and me. That we have a great need for him to be transforming our lives. You see, we don't do the transformation because that only happens as Jesus works. As we come to Jesus and we say, work, we, we repent and we depend and we rely on him and, and the spirit continues to work in us. And that's why I love this weekend that, that we get to end our time out at Knuff with, with a number of baptisms. Because we get to celebrate people who are like, yes, Jesus, I see what you've done. I need you to continue to work in my life. And they want to celebrate what he's doing with, with uh, the church family. And it's so great because these are people who recognize their need for Jesus in their lives. That, that they have a need to, to repent and depend on him. And that's, that's the psalmist's cry in, in the final few verses here. 
that, that as creation reminds us and draws us in to meet God, as, as we, we look at his word and as guiding us, as, as, as Jesus is, is, is changing our lives, our, that our response, our continued response to him would be, we rely on you, we depend on you, and that, that we would cry out to him and say, God, look, I do a whole bunch of things that I don't even know. Would you forgive me for those? And would you help me to live in a way that is obedient to you, to live in the right way that you desire for me to live? That, that as all this is happening, we would live with a connection with Jesus that says, renew me, lead me to you, give me wisdom, give me your joy, God, fill me with your joy. Lead me continually to experience your life and the life you have for me. Why? Because we need his grace. We need his redemption. We need his work. We cannot do it on our own, friends. We need him. We need him. So here's my encouragement and my challenge for you as we close this weekend. It's real simple, real easy this, this week. The next time you're, you're out on a, high, uh, a hike or a walk or uh, you're by the lake or you're sitting on your deck or you're stargazing or often for me this is like I'm taking my dog for a walk or on the golf course. Um, I just take moments to just kind of like look around and marvel at what at, the, at, the, at nature, at creation. And so what I want to encourage you to do is take moments like that the next time you're, you're out in nature and, and in those moments ask, God, what would you like to speak to me right now? And then I want to encourage you just to listen to what he has to say as he draws you towards himself. Have a great weekend, friends.